Why Gratitude is the Key to Happiness with Carlos Fernandez. Carlos shares how gratitude has been the key to happiness and success in this video. He talks about how grateful people are more likely to forge their future and succeed and outline steps that you can take to start living gratefully today. Welcome to the Wellness Driven Life Show. Make sure to like and subscribe so you get notifications in the future. Make sure to share this incredible show with others and you're about to go on a wellness driven ride. Ever heard of Stoicism? Chances are, if you have, you've heard of Stoicism with a lowercase s and not Stoicism with an uppercase s. Lone wolves, no emotions, antisocial behavior, cold, indifference, all that is Stoicism with a lowercase s. Stoicism with an uppercase s is the ancient Greek philosophy and virtue ethics framework that centers on service to the cosmopolis to include your family, friends, community, and planet, and the development of a good moral character. My name is Tanner Campbell, and I'm the host of Practical Stoicism, a three times a week podcast teaching Stoic principles and concepts to anyone interested through the exploration of texts and deep dives into various moral topics. You can find Practical Stoicism where you're already listening to podcasts by searching for Practical Stoicism or by going to stoicismpod.com. I invite you to give it a listen today. You just might like it. Welcome everyone to today's show. Let me introduce you to Carlos. He was born in Venezuela in 1960. He has many talents and accomplishments. In 1976, he represented Venezuela and South America at the symposium celebrating the Year of the Child at United Nations headquarters. The Venezuelan president granted him a full scholarship to study in the USA, and in 1978, he began his studies at the University of Kansas in Condé College, California, where he earned an associate's degree in electronic technologies and computer science. In 2020, Carlos was certified as a life and wellness coach. He has also written two books, Simply Me, Just Me, published in 2021, and Forging Your Future, published in 2022, which we're going to talk a little bit about today. Carlos's life vision is to come alongside people offering support from everyday lessons. His voice is professional but inspiring. His love is to share the importance of living gratefully. Please help me welcome Carlos Fernandez. Hi, Carlos. Thank you. Thank oh, you. my pleasure. Thank you for being on the Wellness Driven Life Show. It's an honor. It's an honor. I am, uh, I have been counting the minutes all day long. No, no sincerely. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah, it's very exciting. Well, very exciting. tell us, tell our audience about who you are. Say a little bit about yourself outside of your biography. You know, I have always considered myself a simple guy. Uh, not very fancy, um, very uh, outspoken about everything, uh, especially the experience of it that I've had. And it's just that now at 62, all of a sudden I have a bigger audience uh, as I've been moved into uh, writing books. And uh, the ones you have in your hands are uh, uh, the uh, Just Me and Forging Your Future. But I am writing, I'm ready to publish my uh, my third book. That it's uh, been Oh, wow. Yes. I, you didn't share that with me. That's no, that was a surprise. It's a gift. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's the first time that I say that publicly. Uh, so you are, uh, this program is uh, special in that area. Oh. Because I, I'm giving us a gift. 
We are so blessed to know that. That is incredible. And I can say that I have fully read your your first book. I have dabbled into the second book and I absolutely love your writings. They're so full of stories and culture and and flavor and passion. And and I'm going to share a little bit today with with the folks that are listening um, just how your writing style is. And I'm excited about that. Carlos, tell me a little bit um, of how you've evolved as an individual over the years. You know, I, I, as I look back, uh, I've been seeing a thread that uh, puts everything together. Because even when I was, uh, I, I'm a foreign contractor, a force contractor. And as I have done this for now over 30 years, I've always helped people, mm. encouraged them and whatnot. Uh, and as soon as I got my first book, I was giving my first book out and using that as a tool to open doors to more conversations. And uh, one of the many uh, uh, customers I had told me one time, he was almost in tears and he was thanking me for uh, what I've done in his house. He said, not only you did floors, but you taught my wife and I to walk hand by hand in this new floors. Mm. And so that uh, kind of uh, fills my uh, purpose, uh, drives my desire to continue doing what I'm doing. And at times I've considered leaving the wood force behind, but every time I see that I get uh, this out, uh, out of, the, uh, <laughs> out of the, my mind uh, experience with somebody that uh, is through the floors brings me to what I'm supposed to be doing. And as a matter of fact, that's how the whole story about the uh, books. I don't know. Did I, did I tell you how I started the books? No, I would love for you to share. And, and you know, I, I also want to just kind of go back just a little bit. You're, you're talking about your, you became a floor contractor and you, and you lay floors in people's homes. And that brings you a lot of joy to have that physical aspect and, you know, being able to, you know, give back to people that way. And you're saying that through that, uh, people, are, you know, you're, you're teaching people. What did you say? The quote was people to, to hold hand in hands while walking over the, in the new floors. Yes. So that's, you know, it, it feels like almost a teaching moment. Now, was that the first time you felt like you were meant to start on a coaching journey? No, no. I tell you, uh, uh, oh, the coaching journey doesn't necessarily has to do with floors. It has to do with my mom. But it's also a really cool story. Um, I kept, my mom is turning 80 years old now. So she's getting wow. to that stage where her mind is not working uh, as good as it used to. Mm. Uh, her filters are not there anymore. She's talking without filters. And uh, so I kept looking at her and telling my wife, I don't want to be like her. Uh, she changed. And I don't yeah. like this lady. Uh, I don't want to be like her. <laughs> I don't and, like uh, this lady. <laughs> well, you know, that's reality. I, I mean, I feel bad. Yeah, as, no. I that's understand. reality. And uh, um, so I start asking God, God, you need to show me uh, my new direction. Uh, mm. How can I work this for my life? So the next three people that I have a conversation with, they ask me, are you a life coach? And at that time, I didn't know what life coach is. It's like, I don't know. Um, then I go to Miami and then it would be the fourth person that I talked to he doesn't tell me are you a life coach he gives me a card a business card says go take this course oh so it just was given to you (sighs) like naturally and like God was speaking to you Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. now this is my favorite part when I go to the coaching uh school the first thing that they do is they give me a mirror and I look at my mirror and uh, when I see my mirror I tell myself I don't need to worry about my mom I have enough crap in here to work with that lasts me the rest of my life oh oh my gosh now isn't that one of the most profound things you know when we understand that we are we are the ones that we need to work on. And through that, you know, we're, we're really showing up and being the example for everyone else. 
Yeah, we are mirrors of each other. I heard uh, once said, if you see somebody that makes you happy, celebrate that. If you see somebody that bothers you, go check yourself. Mm -hmm. Because that person is telling you something they knew that you don't like about yourself, but you haven't worked on it. Because it's easier to see somebody and see their mistakes. You know, you have to go to the mirror. And when we avoid the mirror, because that means I have to work. But if I look at somebody and talk about them without doing anything about my life, I feel good because I showed, you know, how wrong they were and how bad they are or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. when, when we are pointing, you know, we have the other fingers showing at us, saying, what about you? And we don't like that. But I was so determined to make a change in my life because, uh, well, first of all, I don't want to be like Ramon. And then when I realized it's me, that one that has to be changed, I dove in and I said, I want to change. And I became my first client. And it's a <laughs> success, success story about my first client. Um, Carlos, I love so much how um, how you say things. I It's been a number of years, I think, since you and I have interacted. And, and I was so glad that I came back into contact with you because I remember how much I, it's almost like I, I have this adoring factor towards you. And you say the things that so many people don't really necessarily say out loud. Like, I don't want to be like my mother. And I, I think people like kind of stand back and don't want to say that. And I, and I love that you're so upfront and, and you say things so eloquently. So thank you. Our lives were never the same after we learned our 21-year-old daughter, Kristen, was murdered by her ex-boyfriend. It's a parent's worst nightmare. How much did we really know about domestic violence back then? Clearly not enough. Now we know plenty. We know domestic violence, or DV, can happen to anyone. One in three women suffer physical violence at the hands of intimate partners during their lifetimes. One in three. I'm Bill Mitchell, host of the When Dating Hurts podcast. And my interviews with DV counselors, law enforcement, and especially actual DV survivors give the pandemic of domestic violence the attention it deserves. The When Dating Hurts podcast. It's a series of lives being saved. Yeah, oh, <laughs> I'm <sorry>. done. <laughs> that oh, was I my little you, feel. <laughs> I thought you were reading at the screen or something. No, oh, uh, no, no, no. Think about this. If I don't share my experience, then whoever is listening, they might not be able to uh, Relate. identify themselves with what I'm saying. Yeah, I don't mind. Uh, I, I I say this kind of a, a kind of crazy only thing. I said when I was young and stupid. I did this, this, and this. Now I'm old and stupid, but I do this, this, and this. You know, because it, it, growing old is an opportunity not only to change yourself, but to serve others and help others. And realize that in that, you find a key for joy in your life. Mm. You know, we talk about, uh, we were talking about gratitude. And um, it's a crazy idea. Our country is... Uh, based in our Declaration of Independence about uh, being uh, in a pursuit of uh, happiness. Uh, and we don't realize that that's not where it is. If you decide to uh, dedicate yourself to look for happiness, you might end up very depressed because that you're not gonna find it there. We find in giving, mm -hmm. we find in appreciating. I mean, think about this. Happiness is having what you want. Instead, a word that we don't talk that much, that is joy, is uh, wanting what you have. Mm. It's finding contentment. I tell, uh, when somebody tells me, when talking to, this, to somebody in my face, they tell me, oh, I'm happy. And I said, yeah, and I can change that so quick. I slap you and, and I change that real quick. <sighs> now, if you decide to be joyful, there's nothing you can do to change my heart because it's a decision that I've taken. 
that no matter what, I'm going to be joyful. And when I, as I, as I grow up, as I look back in my life, I find that uh, they used to call me Willie. Okay, just think about this. They used to call me Willie. And my friends used to say, where there is a Willie, there is a way. Because mm. I would find ways to do whatever I needed to do. And, but then when I reached that, that's when I was happy. So it's, it's, I think it was 58, I decided, you know what? I'm going to sit back in the back seat. And I'm going to let God be the driver, the driver of my life from now on. Mm. And things are going to happen when they happen. And they are going to be whatever he wants to be. I mean, it's going to be joyful that I'm allowed to see, be seated in the back and to learn from him. And that's when things start changing drastically. Um, oh, I, so, so I want to I go back a little bit. Because I think that's a really important thing that you just said. Um, when you allowed, or maybe another word is surrendered, mm-hmm. and you allowed things to happen, you said that's when things changed drastically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Tell me a little bit more about that. Well, you know, I had always uh, been looking for the spotlight. Mm. And uh, maybe I didn't got to be, you know, very high, but I got to be there in the spotlight, in my little spotlight. And uh, so what? It's not a big deal. It's not. It's not where it is at. Today, at sixty-two, uh, I I would uh, define success uh, with the amount of people I get to push in to success. That's how I describe. I've been successful. I did it because, okay. and again, it's not going to be me. It's going to be God using me. Mm. You know, like so yesterday. it's it lifting and lift in the lifting of others is where you feel that success is. Yeah, like yesterday, you know, Women's uh, Day, and uh, everybody kept saying all oh, beautiful words, Carlos. And I said, Well, my mom taught me that. Mm-hmm. You know, she's the one yeah. that I, I owe everything that I that I am, and I am the way that I treat women is thanks to my mom. And uh, a lot of the uh, the things that I uh, might believe, my walk with God, all comes from my parents, you know. Mm-hmm. So, and it's okay to take backstage, to take a, you know, the, to step down and let somebody else uh, get the spotlight. You know, like I, I was, I, I've been so overwhelmed with your invitation, and I, uh, since I got it, I've been reviewing your stuff and learning about what you do. Oh, thank you. <laughs> it is so cool what you do. Oh, uh, thank you, Carlos. <laughs> especially for the aspect of women. You know, uh, I don't understand why there's a, that differences between women and men. And, and I wish there wasn't that competition. Because it, you don't have to compete for what's yours. No, right? I think I think embracing the the differences because they're so beautiful in their mm-hmm. own right. I'd rather see the differences that we have than the similarities. I mean, it's a given we're the same. We're children of God. Yeah. It, uh, oh, there's so many stuff that uh, uh, that blows my mind in, in this area about the women thing. Uh, but, uh, uh, it, it, you know, looking at what you've done, you know what your, my highlight of your programs was when you go, uh, uh, interviewed my cousin. I call her my cousin because she, has, she was a Fernandez. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, so, yeah, this is in that show. That's awesome. <laughs> so thank you for what you do. You know, uh, oh. thank you on behalf of the women that are going to be uh, uplifted and uh, uh, given the spotlight. Uh, thank you for what you're doing for also us men. You know, that come to your show. Thank you. Oh, we always have a few good men, Carlos. <laughs> My pleasure. And speaking of lifting others, we're going to go to our first commercial. And when we come back, I I would really love to know um, what your favorite success story is. Okay. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Candy Apple Advocacy, the podcast for parents who want to advocate for their children's education. I'm Jim Mallard, and I'm here with my wife, Tabby. We've been through the trenches of raising kids in the school system and know how tough it can be. But we also know how essential it is to advocate for your child and their education. That's why we started this podcast, to share our experiences and insights with other parents to help them 
become more effective advocates for their children. On this podcast, we'll talk about everything from general education, general school advice, the school choices you have available to you, different education styles, individualized education plans, 504s, and all those key terms that you've heard but don't know what they are. We'll talk to experts. We'll also talk to parents and hear their stories. We'll share our stories with you and give you tools you need to be a strong advocate for your child and yourself. Whether you're a new parent or have been in the game for a while, we invite you to join our community. Let's advocate together. Hi, I'm April Hove, the Managing Director of the Fort Worth, Texas chapter of eWomen Network. I'm so excited that you stopped to watch this video. I've got good news for you. You have just discovered an international network of women entrepreneurs who are committed to helping you achieve, succeed, and prosper. We are on a mission to help 1 million women entrepreneurs each achieve $1 million in annual revenue. Here at eWomen Network, we have a complete success system that supports you every step of the way in building and growing your business. You being here right now is no accident. We're supposed to know about you. We want to meet you to find out how we can help you as well as learn about what you have to offer. With over 500,000 women connecting through 118 chapters across the US, Canada, Australia, and the UK, you are never alone. If this is resonating with you, please go to eWomenNetwork.com slash Fort Worth. Notice too, my contact information. I invite you to reach out to me and check out our upcoming in-person and online events. I am really looking forward to introducing you to our community. So Carlos, tell me, thank you. Tell me, uh, you know, when I ask you that question, what is your favorite success story that can, that can really go beyond yourself? But, but really, I want to know about your success story, because I, I know a little bit about your history and I know that our audience doesn't know everything, but I feel like you have got to have this really powerful success story. And, you know, because when you come from humble beginnings, so to speak, and, you know, all of the, you know, things that you have gone through, what is, what is the thing that stands out the most? You know, I, when you uh, asked me that question, I, uh, I, I had to take a hard look because there's so many stories. Mm. I mean, the fact that I'm brown in a country of white people, majority, and uh, that has created a lot of problems. Um, but I right right now, you have to pick one. The best one that I could uh, direct your attention to is the one that I have in the book, uh, Forging Your Future. Uh, it's called uh, Lost But Found. That's the name of the poem. This poem was written about uh, in 2022, 2020. So I wrote this poem. And it's about... Uh, not be able to have contact with my son. Through circumstances of life, uh, I lost contact with my son for many years. Mm. And um, he was in pain. He was uh, torn inside in pain. So he didn't want nothing to do with me. Um, I, and I, all I did was uh, pray and try to pursue him. Yeah, but every time I tried, it was, uh, I wasn't able to. And um, so I write this poem, and I want to put it in this book. And then all of a sudden, I get a call from my son. And he asked me, hey, uh, he called me, hey, Carlos, I'm going to go to Colorado Springs to celebrate my birthday, which is a few days before uh, Father's Day. Uh, can I come and spend them with you? Mm. You can imagine how my heart was. And, oh. uh, the most exciting thing, and I told him first, I told him, yes, 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 yes. And I tried to be calm, calm down, but, but I, I couldn't contain my emotions. But uh, I did not tell him about the poem at that time. Mm. I let him come. And as he came, everything that, okay, I'm sorry, sorry, sorry I have to go back up, back up a little bit. The first part of the poem, it's me searching for him mm. and uh, telling him about how much I've suffered, not being with him and all that. 
the second part of uh, the poem is uh, I tell him in the poem, this is coming to an end. We're going to meet, we're going to call this a past. Yeah. And then I go describing how that was going to happen. So first he calls me, and then everything that was written in that second uh, part of the uh, poem, it happened in front of my eyes. That's so sad story. Uh. Because I'm your regular Joe. I, I am nothing. I, I don't consider myself any, any special than the next person. And we all can't be here. You know, we all, this is a gift that God gives all of us to be there at, uh, at his feet and allow him to work through us. You know? Um, yeah. Carlos, um, I know this is one of the more difficult subjects. And, and through your poems, I know, you know, a lot of people have an understanding of the power and the healing of, of writing. And I think that you have absolutely done that through your, your books. Do you mind if I read part of the poem Please to our audience? Now it's which one you want to read? Poem, so it's not, it's not all of it, but I just wanted to, to do a little bit for the audience. Which one you want to read? This is from lost, but found. So oh, what, wow. what you're okay. describing and talking about with your son. Son, I look around and I can't see you. I can only imagine how I have hurt you. Full of fear, sadness, I have lashed out at you, causing the wounds that make you run for safety away from me. All I can say today is I am so, so sorry. Please forgive me. I have no excuses for what I have done. My ignorance took over. Now I am responsible for all that has happened. I need a chance to make it better for you. I wish I could wind the clock back to find little Danny, scared, sad, alone, in need of his dad, but I have to work with what I have. What a misfortune, all the loss of years that have passed. I wonder how you are. I wonder if you too carry your heart in crumbles like me. I have hope, son, enough for us both. Soon you will find your way home. Soon you will be in my arms. And together we will cry, but this time enjoy. We will celebrate what God has done because the day is coming when you and I will never be apart again. Even when I leave this life, I will have found a place in your heart, and we will never be apart again. You, son, in God's strength, you will be able to use all that you have gone through to help others, unfortunate kids who have lost their way home, away from their dad, a dad they should have never lost, to be able to celebrate the lost but found. And that's absolutely beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you. Thank you. When you said you were going to read a poem, I imagine uh, that your audience would benefit from a different one. <laughs> well, that's the one you sent me that you wanted me to take a look at. And so <laughs> I, and, and, Carlos, it must be on your mind and it must be something on your heart that you want to share. And somebody is going to listen to it and needs to hear it because it's also the poem that you just started talking about. And we hadn't discussed that. So someone has to hear it. And, you know, Definitely. I think that's that's really the power of our stories. And for those of, of us who are brave enough to stand up, stand out, speak up, and say it out loud, it's going to help heal our planet. And I yeah. thoroughly believe that. Definitely, definitely. The fact that we are alive is an opportunity to work on it, to pursue that. Yes. Yes. You know, we have a God that uh, loves healing, and, um, and he wants to... He wants us to uh, work in uh, the healing of our life, of our relationships, so that 
share his message easier way. To me, I was telling this morning to somebody that uh, the message is so simple. Mm. The message is clean yourself so that you can reflect him better. Yeah. What he's going to do, the words you're going to use, that's him working through you. you. All you're doing is just reflecting him. Yeah. Uh, well, okay. So we're going to go to another quick commercial, take a drink of water, gather ourselves. That was, that was a tough one, even for me. Um, and then, and then I, I want to ask you, um, what, what was the turning point in your journey? So when we come back. CTR Media Network is now accepting new podcasters to join our growing network that's reaching 350 million global listeners. Have you heard? CTR Media Network offers podcast production, podcast training, distribution, and product placement. Book us for your next event or schedule an interview with CTR Media Network podcasters today. To learn more, go to ctrmedianetwork.com. Welcome back. So, um, and I think you could probably share maybe a couple turning points and, and, you know, I'm sure that, you know, your, your son may have been one of those. And, uh, you know, on, on top of that, Carlos, um, who was there to support you? So let's start with a, a turning point that you had and, and the people alongside you. Well, at the turning point happened a, a long time ago when I moved to Colorado, uh, Springs, Colorado. Um, I was connected with uh, three men. Uh, we had a Bible study. And um, throughout the years, different people have come, but they have gone. The core is last four. And uh, so we've been in this Bible study now for almost 35 years. Oh, Wow. Uh, and you said there's four of you? Yeah, there's four. That's amazing. And uh, the way that God has used this man to chip uh, all the ugly from me, uh, it's amazing. Uh, mm. So I would say that that's uh, one of the uh, major turning points. Uh, and like that, there's many of them. Uh, my dad died in my arms uh, before I came to Colorado. And that gave me a completely different uh, uh, look in, about life, about death. Then I came, like I said, I came here. I found these two, four, uh, three men. We started turning together. And then about six years ago, my brother, a younger brother died. And oh. um, I found him in his house uh, three days after he had died. Oh. And um, that also brought a lot of changes in my life. And uh, um they desire to uh, to surrender to uh, and just be used by God mm. and serving others. Okay. Yeah. Uh, if I uh, if I may, uh, I think your audience would benefit of reading if you read uh, another poem. Okay. Can I talk you into it? Yes. Yeah, so and I'm I... sorry to be doing this point. No, it's okay. Although what I can say is uh, it's because I only had the, um, I just have it on the computer. I don't, I know I don't have the book, Carlos. Okay. <laughs> so I printed out what I do have is I have the message. Is that the one I, I was going to read no. just the, the tail end? No. no. Well, you know, I think what would be even better, more glorious would be the author himself reading would okay. you be honored? Perfect, perfect. Uh, uh, I love to read this poem because uh, uh, it, you're talking about turning points. Yes. This one is one of them. This is one, one marks another one of them, and it's uh, from the first book. Wonderful. This one, um, I trick my, my reader telling them about the story about the ugly ducking. I don't know if you remember reading that yeah. one. It's called Love. And then... Uh, Kind of halfway uh, to the of that poem, I said, uh, "Let me go to one, one, one more." Yeah, I was. Uh, I said that. No wonder the ugly duckling back then found a safe place to hide in the closet, where no one 
was able to ridicule him. The better ones in our society used a great book to condemn them, to prove them how wrong they were. Others with more compassion chose to lo love them, but only if, this, if they stopped being ugly duckings. I was one of them, finding logic in my stupidity, but love found me instead. It is desire to open my eyes, that's God, I got an ugly duckling in my gang. Knowing how deep my, I had run the line in the sand, my ugly duckling acted like the others, make sure no one could see how ugly the duckling she was. She too moved away, looking for acceptance until love found me and helped, her, helped me understand. Today I write these lines with shame for the, monsters I've, for the monster I've become. I am thankful for the love that changed my heart. If there is one thing they have learned from us is the hypocrisy. Today they call to celebrate diversity, but the line is drawn for those who claim to belong to the ones who teach to love their neighbor. What a mess we've created when all we are we're called is to love our neighbor, not to understand, not to judge, not to make them change, to be like us, just to love them, whether or not they are different from us. Leaving the sorting, if there is one by the one who created us, who called us to love everyone. Mm. And I don't know if you grab who I'm talking about, but uh, my, uh, my daughter became a lesbian. And uh, she called me one day and she said that was a lesbian. Uh, oh no, when I went to uh, her graduation, she introduced me, Dad, this is my friend. I said, nice to meet you. She says, no, she's my girlfriend. Nice to meet you, girlfriend. She says, no, Dad, she's my roommate. Nice to meet you, roommate. And I says, Dad, she's my lover. She's like, oops. <laughs> and I used to make fun of them. Oh. And face it in my own family. Um, but, you know, God is so amazing. The fall is not the problem. To fall down is not the problem. The problem is, is once you, you fall down, what are you going to do about it? Yeah. And to mm. realize that when you fall, your daddy's hands are there to pick you up yeah. and to clean you and tell you, you want to try it again with my help? And, you know, you go for it. And then you, you're able to surrender you, the ways you've seen things and, and, and the con uh, condemnation you have brought on other people. And you're able to say, I am sorry. It's my stupidity. Yeah. You know, because of your program being a, a program for women, uh, the older program, the other part, I, I felt that it was important for them to hear this. That no way they are in life in the spectrum, you're welcoming them everybody. You're welcoming everybody. You want to stretch your, your love into all of them. Because, like I said, if there is a sorting, if there is a change, that's God that's going to do it, not you, not them. Yeah. I think there's there's so much that reminds me as we speak and, and as you read that poem and what you said before about, you know, having that reflection in that mirror. And, and you stated it in your poem that you you've been so ugly. And your ugliness, and and you mentioned that, um, but really, when we we turn it around and we realize the things that how we've been showing up and the way that we have been thinking of others and our perceptions and our ideas and you know our judgments towards others and ourselves. So that's a really wonderful poem you shared. I'm glad you, uh, we were able to have a chance to do that. Yeah. Because I think it's going to bless people. Uh, we need to realize that uh, we can be naked. And because there's no need to uh, be putting a mask. It doesn't help us. At the end, when we are at home, there's nobody but us to face who we really are. So why not be it? Be yourself. Be, be yourself. yourself. Yeah. So uh, I want to ask you, it sounds like you've um, obviously had many trials and tribulations in life. What kept you going during those, those very challenging times? I mean, you lost people back to back, it sounds, your father, your brother, and, and 
in the way that you lost them, it, you know, this is more uncommon. I feel like for people to lose somebody in your arms and then to find them days later, those are, those are more traumatic experiences, I would absolutely say. So tell me, what are, what are some of the things that have kept you going? What are some of the messages and things that you have told yourself? My brother, uh, I have an older brother and he happened to be the uh, model kid. Uh, at that time, when we were little, back in Venezuela, we had Sunday school, a Sunday church, uh, Sunday clothes to wear to church. Um, and, you know, we weren't rich, but we had a set of new clothes that uh, we had for to use to go to church. Every Sunday, we were the same clothes. My brother came home, and he was the kind of kid that he would undress himself, hang the clothes up, and change I barely got my clothes off and got some shorts and I was out the door. And my mom always uh, got upset with me and she would tell me, why can you be like your brother? Mm. And at an early age, I started telling her, because I'm me, I don't know. <laughs> so as I look back in my life, it was a blessing. It was a blessing because that helped me define who I am. Now, it also has some uh, negative consequences, uh, like one of them, it, uh, every time I face a, a, a new challenge, I had to define who am I, what am I going to do here, who does the people can see that I am not like my brother, this is me for, uh, in action. So that always had been the challenge, a challenge that I carried with myself. I didn't have to go compete with anybody, I was competing with myself to prove myself, to earn that position that I had, that I needed to be. This is mine. This is my place, my time, my moment. Mm -hmm. And God used that to work my life. As a matter of fact, a, a kind of a funny story about that. I went to, a, he, my brother was a reader. I never touched books. I wanted the ball. You give me a ball and I was happy. My brother, you gave him a book. At the age, I think was uh, six, he read the Bible back and forth. And, you know, it's like, you're crazy. Uh, I had to read, so I read, but it wasn't my passion. Mm. I became passionate about reading uh, when I started writing. Then I, I became crazy and I read all kinds of stuff now. I am eager. I want to know. I want to read more all the time. But back then it didn't. It wasn't like that. And I, one time I went to my brother and asked him, how come you never wrote a book? If you, you know, you're the reader of the family. How come you never wrote a book? And his answer was, uh, because I know what it takes to write a book. And then he asked me, so why did you write a book? And I said, I guess I was blinded like Mo like Noah when he was called to do the ark. He didn't know what he was doing. <laughs> That's a good <laughs> had answer. Somebody, had somebody told him what to do, he would have said, nah, I'm not doing that. It's too difficult. And same thing, you know, writing a book, I didn't know how much work it took. I took uh, for, you know, think about somebody who is not accustomed to reading. I had to read each point a hundred times. And yes. so tweak this and tweak that and tweak this. It's crazy. And I know that you had some help with it too, because English is not your your Native first language. language. So I, you know, I know that in both of your books you have both in Spanish and in English. So that was that was sort of a span uh, a, a challenge for you, I recall. But you know what I love about that, Carlos, is you offer it to such a wider audience because you did that it is possible i say i tell people i am the uh, one of the example story of it is possible to do it you can yeah. make it <laughs> if i made it, anybody can make it yeah and you were going to say a little bit at the at the beginning of our show that you you wanted to talk a little bit about your journey with the first book my uh, my journey with the first book Yes, you're like oh, how 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 it starts. Yeah, how you started it. It is a, a very cool story. I mean, all of them are really cool uh, stories. I, I uh, I'm sleeping. Uh, this happened at four o'clock in the morning, four thirty in the morning. I get a thought. I get up. I jot it down. I went back to sleep. And then another thought. Immediately another thought. So I remember waking up, kind of a what's all this about? So I get the paper again and I wrote it down and I go back to sleep. And then this, the thoughts start coming faster and faster and faster and bigger thoughts. 
So I, I, I decided mm. that I needed to get up to uh, to the computer because a piece of paper wasn't going to be enough. <laughs> so I opened the computer to a page that I never opened before, uh, this uh, Word page. And I filled it up from top to bottom, from left to right. No comma, no paragraphs, no anything, just and I wrote it and I went to sleep. Next day, I'm sanding this floor in this house. And as uh, Mrs. Engelbertson walks into the room, I see her and I don't know why I tell her, excuse me, could you read this? And I give her uh, my, 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 my phone, but, you know, because everything is Apple, it just transferred from one uh, system to another. And I had it there, so she reads it, and then she started to cry. Aww. And I felt like I had offended her. So I said, please forgive me. I don't know why I, what you read there, but sorry. She asked me, uh, she says, can you please tell me what's going on? And she says, no, come back in three days. So I finished my work that day, I finished the second day. On the third day, I come to her. Before I could any, touch any machine, I went to her and said, tell me. <laughs> and she, she hands me these three papers Okay, and uh, they're beautiful. They have words that are like a poem, uh, and to me, they're dancing, uh, but not dancing crazy dancing, but like a like moving, like a beautiful uh, writing, and uh, made me want to read it. And I read it, and I then I go to her and say, "Wow, this is beautiful. What's this?" And she told me, "That's what you wrote." And this, I says, "Yeah, that's what you wrote." I said, "Tell me, tell me more." And she says, Carlos, the night before you gave me this uh, writing, I was asking God to give me something to give you back as a gift. You've done my house so beautiful, I wanted to give you something. And I, I only, you know, I, I have the problem of being too honest with, uh, with uh, things that I think. And I told her, yeah, but I charge you for everything that I did. Are you going to charge me for this? And she goes, no, 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 no. It's a gift. I want to give you a gift. And uh, uh, I can see with what you gave me that God is giving you a poems. So you're going to write the poems, I'll help you structure them, and then you're going to publish the book. And I'm like, whatever. And every, from that moment on, every time uh, that I had a poem, God would wake me up at 4.30 in the morning, and I would write. I would sit on the computer, and that's how that first book happened. And right now, I have enough enough poems to write seven books. The thing is that my uh, editor, uh, editorial house wants me to do, which is the pan house, want me to do a book a, day, a year. Wow. And, I, and that I have to tell you that because it's a great door to open to tell you about the, the third book. I called my editor uh, not uh, beginning of uh, about a month ago. This is a secret, okay? Nobody knows about this stuff but you and the <laughs> audience in here. Um, the uh, so I, we're talking about my third book, and I tell him, Yeah, the third book is finished, uh, editing is done, drawings are done, everything is done. And uh, so he said, Well, get ready and send it to me. And then also, I tell her, I tell him about the fourth project, which is a dream of mine, and I'm not going to tell you about that one. And maybe you'll have to invite me for another program for that one. Um, so I tell him, But well, the interesting thing is that fourth book is not done. And then all of a sudden, God is giving me four poems in one weekend about Venezuela. Hmm. And he tells me, what's that about? So I share with him, and he goes, Carlos, you're talking about the Venezuela that it was, and you're talking about the Venezuela that we're seeing right now. That book has to come out now. Hmm. And I tell him, I only have 10 poems, and I need 22. He says, pray. And I love it, challenge. So I say, okay. Hang up on him. I start praying. In less than a week and a half, I had 12 poems to finish mm. the, the 22 poems. And then in about a week, I was able to do the translation. The book is uh, uh, finishing stages of the editing and the drawings. We're going to have a book about Venezuela pretty soon. And uh, it's going to teach you about... Uh, what, where is Venezuela? What is Venezuela? What, what happened to Venezuela? And what's happening in Venezuela? Oh, I love that. I know that you're so passionate about, about your home country. And 
you know, so I, I think that's beautiful and brilliant. And I love that all of the ways and the synchronicities that have come to you with your writing and how, you know, things and people have come to you in order to assist and make it a reality for your voice to be heard throughout the world. So thank you so much for sharing that. When we come back, I want to hear a little bit about your coaching services and also your motivational speeches that you're doing now. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Hello, everyone. I am Kim Jacobs, the host of The Kim Jacobs Show, and you all know who's right here with me, Dr. Les Brown. How are you, Dr. Brown? I'm blessed and highly favored. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the time you want to give yourself a competitive edge. If you got a message, you have some knowledge or experience, a story, or if you want to do something adventurous and exciting with your life that can increase your credibility, expose you to millions of people, I'm encouraging you to have your own talk show. I used to have a talk show. That one talk show catapulted me to another level. Now there are more people watching the internet, as you are aware, than television. Yes. Come on, somebody. That's right. Kim Jacobs, she trained people on how to have their own talk show. She will train you how to do that. And now with me working, partnering with her, now you have the combination of an audience, expansive audience. We have over 4 million people in all of our platforms and the coaching you need to grow your business, to grow your multi-level marketing organization to draw more attention to yourself in this noisy economy. Go ahead, Kim. So in the training that I do, Les, I actually do a six-week training. It's one hour per week. And each week, I meet with the individuals one-on-one. -on -one. We go through and we talk about all of the things that's necessary for a show to become a reality. We go from how to actually identify your focus area what's going to be your ideal customer that's going to be tuning in. We'll talk about how to get guests, how to get sponsorship, how to go about getting your lighting, your branding and your banners and everything that you need to know. And guess what, Les? They right. own their own content at the end of the day. And that's exciting. Now, if you're ready to, to, to create a shift in your business and in your life and increase your cash flow, I want you to go to KimJacobsConsulting.com. It's right there on the screen. KimJacobsConsulting.com. You know, people say opportunity knocks on every door. Right. No. Opportunity stands by silently waiting for you to recognize it. So I want you to recognize that this is a time for you. This is an incredible time to have your own talk show. It establishes a level of credibility. Yes. And by being exposed to people on a regular basis, it allows you to strategically begin to impact and attract your audience. She can take you in a place in yourself that you can't go by yourself. So go to KimJacobsConsulting.com. That's KimJacobsConsulting.com. Did I say KimJacobsConsulting.com? Yes, you did. Very good. Make sure you go there and sign up for the coaching and we're looking forward to working with you. You have something special. You have greatness within you. That's my story and that's Kim's story and we're sticking to it. Bye for now. Bye-bye. That's exciting. Yes. So I, I want to know a little bit about, can you tell our audience about your coaching programs and your motivational speeches? The, uh, well, I also have a YouTube program coming up. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be in Spanish. It's going to be based out of uh, Soul, uh, Soul Channel. Mm. And uh, the program is called, my program is going to be called uh, El Cuento, Creámonos El Cuento. It's going to be in Spanish. And that means uh, let's believe our story. What story are you going to believe for yourself? What story you want to tell yourself to believe about? Mm -hmm. Because uh, uh, of that little voice that we have. Yeah. The, my coaching, uh, I have uh, done some coaching already. I, uh, I, think I find it fascinating. I find it that 
if the church was doing their job, the coaches would be out of work. Because I, would you tell me what you mean by that? In the word in the Bible, we find uh, we are encouraged to uh, um, to help each other. To one, um, uh, what's the word? Um, kind of a, to mentor, to mentor each other. And a coaching is nothing more than a mentor. It's not nothing more than somebody who's going to say, "Hey, let's walk together." And uh, tell me your story, and I'll help you see the answers you're looking for within your story. Hmm. Uh, coach doesn't uh, give you answers, uh, otherwise he would be a bad coach. He just listens to what you have to say, and by listening, he'll he'll find ways to so that you could see uh, by questions you can see that you have the answers. You just have your not allowing yourself to grow to to get the answers to work hmm. work with the answers, but. The Bible tells us in, that we are supposed to mentor each other. Women mentor, older women mentor the younger women. Mm. Mm -hmm. I think the idea of wanting the spotlight has taken us away from doing this work of helping each other. And uh, that's one of the areas, that one of the main things that you want, have, want to do if you want to be happy, if you want to find joy in your life. Uh, I, I, I told you that I wanted to talk about that and uh, time is running out and I wanted to mention just a tip on how to do, how to approach that how to find change completely your life your, your view in life what I do what works for me it's every every night when I before I go to bed I go to the mirror and I talk to the guy in the mirror and I tell the, uh, the guy in the mirror three things I like about himself and as I tell him that I thank God for those things those qualities, abilities, looks, whatever it is that I'm mentioning. Mm -hmm. And then when I finish with that, then I go and I tell God about three things that I liked about today. And, uh, and three things that were special. Your program will be there in number one today. But, uh, regardless, uh, the experience today has been so cool. Uh, but I go to sleep with that. In the morning when I wake up, that will be the first thing in my mind. Yeah. And so I go to sleep with a gratitude heart and I wake up with a gratitude heart. When I go to sleep, I don't have things that I have to do tomorrow uh, or, or things that I have pending because I have lowered the volume of that. And I said, no, I know you're there, but we want to talk about the beauty. Uh, that we wanna, I thank God for these things that happened today that I'm excited about. Hmm. You think about it, uh, this is not mine. I, I'm repeating something I, I, I heard uh, somebody say. But in life, there is not bad and good experiences. They're just experiences. Mm -hmm. And they come with 1% of their what they're going to be. You have 99% of, of defining what they're going to be at the end. And let me, let me put that in practice real quick. Let's say you have a bad experience. You had an accident in your car. You're driving. You had an accident. You express your emotions. Very important, you express your emotions. If you're angry because Joe got in the middle, don't slap him, but express your emotions, you know. And if you're going to say something nasty, say to yourself before you face a person. But express your emotions because they are there. Uh, I talk about emotions in one of the uh, books, but... Uh, and it's really cool. But anyway, after you express your emotions, I challenge you to look for three things that uh, they are that you could learn from this experience from the accident. Mm -hmm. So you say to yourself, uh, well, number one, I'm alive. I'm thinking still. I had an accident and I'm not dead, and I'm moving, and all my parts are moving right. So that's number one. I didn't kill anybody. Would be my second one. So another one. A good one. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, uh, then I remember. Then I remind myself that I have insurance. And I, so the expenses of uh, fixing my car or the other car, they're taken care of. So yeah. simple, I'm, I'm, I simplified it very much, but the idea is that you, once you find three things that you can thank for, you have turned the ugly experience into a good experience. Maybe not a, a fabulous experience, but a learning experience. 
Carlos, I think you're a fabulous coach, really. And and you do simplify it for people. And gratitude is at the essence. And and I can say that I've heard many successful people, or I don't even know if I want to use the word success, but people who are living more holy, more fully, they're happier. And they have those evening and morning routines, and they all include gratitude, as you're talking about now. But what I heard differently today from you is something that I haven't heard from anyone else. And you said that you start out by looking at yourself in the mirror and saying, what you love about yourself and you and you're you're giving yourself three things which which makes it easy for everyone you know when you keep it to three things something that you love about but really looking at yourself in the mirror that was really really powerful so i wanted to bring that back up and then three things that you that went right during the day that you're grateful for and so when we carry that throughout the evening you know and in the night and our and our brains are processing that then we can wake up in a more of a gratitude state because we remember that. And I love how you put the picture of this is another thing that I think is really great. Allow yourself to feel the emotion that you're experiencing at the time and then reflect on it right away after you felt that. And what are the three things that you're grateful for? What are the three things that you learned? And now we get to turn that experience into knowledge and wisdom and we don't have to carry it with us anymore and we've we've turned it into something else with that wisdom so celebrate great yeah celebrate so really wonderful oh my goodness carlos thank you so much for sharing those things with us i'm i'm so excited for you to you know show up more in the world i know that you're doing everything to do that with your writing and through the work that you're doing uh within society and in not only the united states but venezuela so Thank you so much for your service. I'm so blessed to have you in the world as well. All of us are. And I want to make sure that everybody knows where to find you. And so, you know, it's at Carlos Fernandez Life Coach is where we can find you. And I'll leave in the description also ways to contact you. And I also put in the description a link to one of your books. So... I think that that would be really nice as well for, for to get your hands on that because it's really good stuff. Is there anything else that you want to share with our audience today, Carlos? Well, I am going to go to the, um, uh, the video and I'm going to describe uh, the all different ways, my phone number, uh, my email address, whatever, so that people can, can reach out. I am also on Instagram and you can follow me there. Okay, good, good. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I want, I want everybody to know how to find you. And I'm going to actually close with, uh, I want to read the last of this, uh, poem that you wrote. It's called the message. And I think it would be a really beautiful closing for us. Is that okay? Of course. Please do. Okay. All right. And I want to quickly before, so you know how to find Carlos and we'll leave it in the description. Also, um, investing in the Wellness Driven Life Show is the way that we get to come to you and bring you all of these amazing stories and guests. So invents once, twice, it doesn't matter how large or small, when you invest on our website at www.thewellnessdrivenlifeshow.com, you will receive a beautiful follow-up email that you can save for your records. So thank you for being here on the Wellness Driven Life Show and share it with everyone. Like, subscribe. So I'm going to close with this beautiful poem. It's the ending of it. It's not the total poem. So you'll have to get the book in order to get the rest. Let me put my spectacles on. My friend, this is all about the journey as we focus on living today. The destination is not an issue. The beauty is here. It's today. Every day, I want to act differently as I am part of the royal family. I want to muster the best of me because I am grateful. Not for what I will get in the future, but for something I can enjoy today. Today, I am a servant, not because I am earning heaven's citizenship. 
I am a servant just because I want to be like the one who invited me to be his friend. Dear reader, this is the message. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. Thank you.